everybody. Um, we are live here at the American Israelite at the uh, the Let There Be Light podcast. Uh, I am one of your, because I'm a little rusty. I was gone last week, but uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, uh, Ted Deutsch, and I'm here with my co-host, Julie Brooke. Yes, and today is Thursday, November 18th, 2020, and it is no, the... Today is, no, today is Wednesday, November 18th. We're, this oh, it's Thursday. Wednesday, November 18th, 2020. <laughs> I guess we're a little forgotten today. The, the paper comes out tomorrow on November nineteenth, Thursday, November nineteenth, and then it'll be the third of Kislev. Actually, you said that last week because I listened to it and you said today is the twelfth. Well, last week you were recording on the eleventh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Can't get it straight. And I by the way, your yarmulke is still not it's straight. My straight, my yarmulke no, needs to be straightened. It's yeah, all clumped it up. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's been adjusting my headphones, and I have to like get in the right proper. You know, you're gone a week, and you know everything goes to you know gets all fuclemped up. And what were you doing for that week? Well, I uh, so I left on Sunday morning, and I drove up to uh, to you go up 71 to Cleveland, and then you go 271, you get on 90, and you go 90 east to um, I go to Lake City Girard, and I stay at a in plat. And actually, I found out. I said, "How do you pronounce the name of this town?" I thought it was Plateau. Uh, Pennsylvania, but it's actually Platea. It's P L A E A T A E A. So I stayed at this uh, Green Roof Inn, and I went fishing. Got up early and went fishing Monday morning. What's Green Roof Inn? I've never heard of a Green Roof Inn. I've That's heard of the Red Roof. Of the, the name of the beautiful, delightful Green Roof Inn, where they have a fish cleaning station on the side, where you go clean your fish, and then you, you know. So, how many fish did you kill on this trip? I did, well, I, I uh, let's see. So I had, I well, I see so you catch them, but then they get off. I mean, they spit the hook. I use these little, these hooks that are about that big, which is like about a little, little bit less than an inch. Yeah, fourteens and sixteens. I use a really tiny hook. You can use a treble hook. Some guys use a treble hook, which is three hooks in one. I don't use that because it's not very sporting. Uh, I use a, I use about a fourteen or a sixteen, which is a really small hook with a minnow. And uh, so Monday I caught a fish, and then he spit, and then he, he you know, then he, <laughs> he was gone. See you, see you later, bye. Um, and then I had one fish Monday, and then I took a break and went to lunch, and then I went back and caught another fish. And then Tuesday it was, uh, I caught a couple fish. And Wednesday, I went to this different place. I usually go to this one spot where there's like, this water. There's a, the, the stream. There's a stream. Mm-hmm. It comes in off the lake, and there's a waterfall. So the fish really don't go beyond this water. So they, they stack up in there. Yeah. And uh, you just, you know, you kind of throw out. So are you in a boat, or are you in those, like, rubbery waders, overalls? Waders. Uh, overalls, waders, yeah. And so if you, th- you throw in and you let it. The, you know, the stream take it down to where the fish are just kind of hanging out because they can't get, and they'll, you know, if you throw them in, they, they hit it, you know, mm-hmm. they'll boom, you know, and, and, and they, they, they're, they're eating dinner on the minnows yeah. and they're eating the minnow. Okay. And that's when you catch the fish and then you, you know, you pull up and you hook the fish. And, um, so I went to this one, I was going to go to this one spot, but there was like three guys at this spot. So I just said, now go, there's this other spot. I went to the other spot, and um, it's really interesting because there's there's a stream there's a stream that comes in off the lake that's probably about thirty feet wide, and there's a waterfall. Then there's like a little uh, like a ledge. They come up off the ledge, and then there's another waterfall. So the the first ledge is probably a good ten feet deep. I mean, there's there's a good you know, and then they they jump, they they swim. You know, you ever seen a salmon come upstream? Well, these guys they come up over this waterfall and they come into this this you know like an impression, um, probably about four or five feet deep. And they were just they were they come up and then they were going to go up to the next water and then go upstream. Well, they were just stacked up in there. It had rained the night before, so the rain rose the water level and then so they they hopped over the first they were just in this second depression before the water they were there must have been probably 20 fish in there so how many fish did you catch i caught 
Well, that that was Wednesday, and also you catch more fish when it's cloudy. It's weird because if it's sunny and the fish can see you, they can they they they, they get very skittish if they see like a human there or they think it might be a bear. I don't know what it is. Um, but these fish were in this depression, and I was you know throwing flies in there and throwing minnows in there, and they would just hit it and then just you know take off. I mean, they just yeah. So I caught one fish that was on Wednesday that had caught four fish, but this one fish was probably about a, I weighed it, it was probably about, I don't know, four and a half pounds. Um, and then I caught two seven pound fish, which were like, I mean, these are big, big fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and you took fish. them home? I give them to people. So I give them, I gave when I was in, uh, I stopped at, I'll put a plug in for Boris's kosher meats in Cleveland who's a buddy of mine, who I always stop, and I get, uh, uh, like, food up there, mm-hmm. like steaks and stuff. He's uh, he's, one of, he's really, he's got a lot of, a big selection there. So I stop there and get lamb and um, stuff. Do you get a anyway, turkey for Thanksgiving? You can, you know, right now, if you go, I'm going to plug to uh, Trader Joe's has kosher turkeys for two forty nine a pound. Oh, that's a good price. It is a good price. At uh, in camp, but they sell out. You have to go there like now because by, like, well now they'll probably yeah they yeah, might yeah, even by be next up. week they'll be sold out. But it's actually you can get a you know relatively decent sized kosher turkey for twenty five bucks or so. Um, anyway, so I stopped there and I gave him a fish, and the guy that was the cashier, he's an older guy, he was helping me put stuff in my car and my tr- in my cooler, and he's like, oh, did you catch this fish? And I said, yeah. I gave him a fish. He's like, oh, my God, you're giving me this fish? And I was like, yeah, yeah, here, have, have a fish. So. Yeah, so a, a person that I am share DNA with. There's something coming here that I'm going to be in trouble with. Yeah, go ahead. So a person that I share DNA yes, with. Yes. Yeah. Um, her spouse just got a uh, smoker, and he's been smoking fish, and I understand it's uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I don't really. eat fish personally, but I understand she said, and and this other person that birthed me, she also said it's absolutely <laughs> delicious. Other, see, I see we have a new policy in place, <laughs> and as every time Julie brings up her family, just to put $10 in the Sadaka jar. So she's trying to work <laughs> herself around that. Not doing a very good job of it, but she's trying. Um, anyway, no, I have a smoker too. Um, yeah, I actually got fr- was a gift from Stephanie for um, that I like a gift certificate from one of the uh, outlet places. Who's Stephanie? My wife. My wife. That's ten dollars so in the deck. So anyway, so um, steelhead and salmon are very. I don't know. They're very oily. I don't know how to describe. It. They're like very oily. They have a lot of oil in the. Uh huh. And a oily fish lends itself to smoking. Like yeah. if it's a dry fish, yeah. like, a, like a cod or something else, and you smoke it, it, it just dries up. But a fish that's like got a lot of oil, uh, fish oil. Fish oil. Fish yeah, oil, which yeah. we all take. I mean, we, oh, I, I take flaxseed, but yeah, I same idea. I take fish oil for, the, for your, my heart and my arteries. So, Keeps your cholesterol uh, But if it's an oily fish, they smoke really nice. And yeah, smokers are, are wonderful. They really are. So anyway, so well, on to the news. On to, on the, to the, news. the news. So we we missed you, Ted, while you Thank were here. It was Thank three you. strong women. It was Carol House, the production manager yes, here, yes. and the assistant editor. Carol, um, sorry, Melissa, Melissa House, House yes. the production manager, and Carol Hershenson, the assistant editor. So right, right. Uh, we enjoyed it, and we did have a kosher lunch while you were gone. I, we I had, heard. I listened to the podcast on Friday. Yes, yeah, from yeah. Kinnaird. It was absolutely delicious yeah, with falafel food, and food salad. There, food there is excellent. Excellent so. food. Wonderful. In the meantime, okay. we have a great issue today with so yes, many interesting do. stories that it was hard for us to knock them down. And we're going to try not to read the entire paper. Right. We just want you to understand that there's so many good stories that if you only read the headline, you're missing out on a lot of really good things. And um, on the front cover, we have a story about what's going on at Adith Israel. They're having a new educational series on race in America. Right. And it's being led by a Dr. Carla Goldman, who's a professor of social work and Professor of Judaic Studies at the University of Michigan, and she's also, I guess, um, the it's called the Saul Drakler um, Jewish Communal Leadership Professor, and uh, she concentrates on the history of American Jewish experience with special attention to the history of American Jewish communities and the evolving roles and contributions of American Jewish women. 
So it's a a, a series. Very interesting. Yeah, it's a series that's going to last for about a year. Right. Um, every th- is it, I think it's on, every it Thursday once every a month. Every Thursday. Okay. And okay. it's it's going to help educate us on the importance of understanding all sorts of people related to relate race and Judaism and how we see the a lot of the uh, comments in here were about us Jews being white and. Personally, right. I okay. don't feel that we're white. I think that we're, we pass as white, but one of the things I have noticed, and I don't know if you ever noticed, is right. that once you introduce yourself to someone and they get to know you and they find that you're Jewish, you're no longer you know, that tall guy with the dark hair. You're now that tall Jewish guy. Yeah. And I think that as a community, Jews are a okay. tribe, and we're not necessarily white. We have white privilege, and we pass as white. And it's important for us to remember that uh, people often just first see us after they learn that we're Jews as Jews, and and that oh, makes okay. that changes their perception. Um, where we yeah, can't. Yeah, I see have our a friend sp- that calls me the Jewish guy, and I like you can't say that. You can't call me. The, I'm just Ted. You know, you right. can't really say I'm the Jewish guy. But that's being like Jewish is categories. part of our. But that's part of your identity. It's a strong part of I your know, identity. But still, I'm just Ted. You know, I'm Ted. I mean, part of Judaism is part of my life. I'm not. You know. It's, you know, it's like saying you're an American. Right. It's not, you know, or, or you're this or you're that. But you're, in relationship. It's one part of who you are. In like relationship that. to race, one right. of the issues is is they're very visible as a different race. People who okay. are right. black okay. or brown or Asian, right. Right. their right. race is very visible. Okay. Ours is not. And that was probably one of the reasons we were identified during World War II with a Jewish star. Because, yeah. you know, you they can be blonde know. and blue-eyed and be a Jew and you could pass as a German or a, a Pole. And this was a way that they had to identify us so so when dr carla goldman was in cincinnati she was in i was the commission i started a softball league the, the single softball league mm-hmm. and she played in the softball league yeah and she, i think she was like a uh, like a left fielder oh so she was she was she a was good, good baseball player. yes yeah, so she was a really good player yeah. yeah she was passed through cincinnati for a number of years yes, i guess yes, she taught yes. at huc and did yeah. some work for the hjc yeah. so uh, it's it's probably a lot of people are friendly with her and probably yeah. very happy to they be participating her. yeah yeah remember her from when she was here yeah, so, so this is going to be a wonderful series. Go to Addict Israel's website and to read. sign up and, and, and check it out and, and get involved. And on page three, um, there is something from HUC also about right. Judaism in a civil society, and they're talking about... Like a series of lectures. Right, uh, and we looked up the pronunciation of Wissenschaft, <laughs> um, and it's the... Wissenschaft. Sy- yes, and we actually listened to it on, on Google on how it's pronounced, and it's the Systematic Pursuit of Knowledge and learning and scholarship, and um, HUC cites the Enlightenment concept of Wissenschaft, the, and they also explain the same thing, and this is going to be led by a bunch of rabbis from HUC, right. and um, and we recommend following through on this as well, another well, good lecture that's online. Well, one of the things I wanted to point out, you just put it, we only read, you know, the, the headline and maybe a little bit about the article. If you really want to read the entire article and the entire paper, you need to, you know, get the paper. Um, if you don't have it, contact us and we'll get a subscription. But we only read the basics of the stories when we do the podcast. We don't do the whole story. For the whole story, you need to go to the actual paper. Right. Or online and read it. Um, and then in our community calendar, there are actually... Th- there were a number yes. of books in here that are mentioned, but um, I want to talk about two of them. First is the JCC Book Festival book by Rachel Bloom, I Want right. to Be Where the Normal People Are. So Rachel <laughs> Bloom, it's easy, this is a personal essay story, okay. um, and she is the crazy ex-girlfriend. She was the star and the co-creator of the show, The Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Ah. So I, it's, it's supposed to be an excellent book with personal essays on, on women's issues and things where she wants to be with normal people. Um, she's very funny if you've ever heard her talk. And then the other interesting book to me was the Melissa Clark, Kid in the Kitchen, 100 Recipes and Tips for the Young Home Hook. So okay. she is the food columnist at the New York Times. Uh-huh. And a child that once lived in my house for about 18 years <laughs> loves following the Melissa Clark recipes. And I will get these texts. I think texts. that's like another $10. <laughs> I get these texts suggesting. You just like it because she's named, her name is Melissa. I'll, I, I don't know any Melissa. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and this boy sends texts to me suggesting that I should try some of her recipes. They're always Melissa uh. Clark texts me. They're ex- she has excellent, excellent recipes. Okay. Um, 
Uh, a very good recipe. So I usually use uh, Melissa Clark rec- recipes a lot well, for her home. Well, the other thing, um, so the JCC Book Festival has been going on all of November. Because November is Jewish Book Month. we're now like month. in the middle of November, so right. we've got like a couple more weeks to go till it ends. And then on November 25th, uh, Joyce Kamen is the digital speaker from the Holocaust and Humanities Center. Right. So that, that should also be interesting. Well, we should point out that um, this Saturday night, Shabbos night, oh, yeah. uh, Nefesh Mountain is playing again. Um, there have, there's a fundraising concert at, at, for Adathisra. Adath Israel. Adath Israel. And they, they, they came to the barbecue. They were excellent. Remember okay. they were at the barbecue, we're, the okay. kosher barbecue. We're, 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 yeah, it was that was a hot day. That was Remember a that? really that was hot, hot day. We were all hot that day. That yeah, was hot. And the barbecue was delicious, but it was a hot, hot day. So there's the fundraising guys from six to seven online, and then there's an after party from seven to eight. Yeah, so, so get how on. How do you how do you zoom a after party? You're just all it's all a massive zoom of people talking. Every, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds but that's like a, how we have to like do it. Party. That's how we have to do it because we have been actually locked down from 10 p.m. until 5 a.m. If that's going to be effective that at all, lock, that that's our is? lockdown is 10 p.m. till 5 a.m. All huh. bars and well, restaurants so have to can close. Go to, you can still go to work. You can go to work. You can, work, you can go, go to school, home, but no know, one goes. Know, maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but so kind of restricting just a few restrictions. Just don't go. You know out partying all the time and that's how this stuff is spreading right out partying. and we we're we're heading into a very bad next couple of weeks the hospitals probably will be oh, at capacity oh, okay so um they're okay. trying to again slow the spread so that we can um stay well, healthy and now the vaccines are, now coming the vaccines out. are coming out so i we we won't well we'll have to wait in line but we'll get them right eventually Eventually. Eventually we'll get one. All right, so uh, the Yiddish Com and Dr. Jordan Finken writes the Yiddish Com once a month for the paper, and it's in this in this week. You really, you know, I, I would suggest if you want to learn Yiddish or just to, to refresh your Yiddish or to uh, enjoy, to, to read his columns. He really goes to the heart of the matter. You can learn a lot from them, and uh, I, I keep them. I, I have them in a notebook, and I... I read them because I want to learn Yiddish, and so it's I'm kind of building on my knowledge base every month. And he's but he does good interpretation. Yeah, he because his stories are very good. Um, he's talking this time about turkey and sweet potato, the words for those in Yiddish. And then he and then he also goes back and tells us the same thing he told us a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, about how in Yiddish you don't really accept a compliment because you're afraid of the evil eye. So you uh, always, the you know, you yeah, the kin of horror. So you always say Baruch Hashem, you know, make you know, you know, make sure that God is is watching us, making sure we're okay. And well, because uh, every time in the history of Jude, you know, this the, the history of Jewish people, every time something good happened, it was like right around the corner, something bad happens. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like things are going well, and the next thing, you know, every, and I we get that feeling. I don't. You know that things things are going well. It's like something bad is going to happen. So, right. You know, <laughs> it's just kind of our makeup. I right. Think. And um, he does spend the end of his um, his column talking about the passing of one of the Yiddish oh. world's most creative scholars, David okay. Schneer. And uh, we also have his obituary in our page. Um, but this was a, a great loss to the Yiddish speaking community. And um, and there's a poem in there. So again. Take some time, read this column, right. and check out what right. Dr. Jordan right. get, Finken... Go to, the, go to your paper, or uh, you know, we do also deliver them to certain spots, too, throughout the city. You can get them at the bagel shop. Yes, you oh, can. Oh, and we have a mazel tov. We have two mazel so you tovs. Let, you let, that was a great lead in there. <laughs> I can keep the conversation going, yeah. So we have two Mazel Tufts. One goes to the Zipkin family, um, Derek Zipkin, the son, and his wife, Molly. That's Jeff's Jeff's, uh, son. Dr. Jeff Zipkin's son had a baby boy up in Cleveland. And they were both born last Wednesday. And their bris was both today. And Wednesday, which is eight days. Isn't that eight days? Or is it Tuesday or Wednesday? (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I it whatever was both of them whatever it was the the both of them had a bris within an hour of each other well probably within a few minutes of each right. other right and then the other morning. one that we're talking about is YY and Rena Davis from the bagel shop had a baby boy so that's wonderful right. Right. and healthy babies mazel tov to them and this well, hopefully show. these two boys someday will get to know each other yeah. and realize that they were born the same, the same day, day within a couple of hours of each other had the bris on the same day 
and uh, sit with them you know, an hour and become buddies. You know what well, I mean? Well, let's that would let's be a, just that would make this blessing. imagination. Let's let's imagine that YY and Rena Davis stay with the bagel shop as long oh, as John too. Marks oh, yeah. did forever and, and ever, and, Derek and, and then Molly Derek come comes back and because all of be buddies from school. His whole or family, yeah, and they yeah. all they all end up at Yavna or Hebrew Day or yeah. somewhere. And they'll and, be buddies. And, yeah, yeah and they I have think a, that would be that would be really good. It'd be a fun time, and uh, so again, Mazel Tov to them and their families. So, uh, international news. Um, we've got a proposal to ban circumcision of boys scrapped from the bill in Finland, which I don't know who brought this up, but when they when the, when this stuff comes up, it's basically a f- very mild form of anti-Semitism. It really is. Yeah. When they, when they don't want to have kosher food or kosher this or kosher that, it becomes anti-Semitism. Well, I guess it was obviously scrapped from the bill, which is good. And... Um, there's also a, a story here about, again, the Greek newspaper. He just yes. he just got a sanctioned um, for something else, he said, and now he's saying stick the needle to the Jewish CEO of Pfizer, right. who is actually, they're coming out with a vaccine against COVID, right. and it's one of ours. We can be proud. He's a Greek Jew. Actually, um, I didn't know. You pointed that out before. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a he's a veterinarian and a Greek Jew, uh, Barula, Dr. Barula. Albert Bourla. Yes, and uh, he is the CEO of Pfizer, and we're so very proud of Pfizer. We hope that that their uh, vaccine comes out, and there's also Moderna's coming out with one, and Janssen's coming out with, which is part of Johnson Johnson. And I I didn't know, you know, it's just the more I know about the Greek people and the and the Greek society, they're very anti-Semitic. Yeah, there's a lot of anti-Semitism that goes on in Greece, and we really need to go in there and. See, you know, I mean, to go to Greece and see if we can change the whole perspective. And we, that's going to take some time. We toured Greece. We had a cruise. I've and, been there, too. And the, yeah. we did the Jewish tour, too. Right. And, you know, there's a lo- there was a lot of people killed in the Holocaust that were from Greece. And it's a, a shame. But, um, yeah, well, we should uh, be praising uh, Dr. Brula and not knocking him at this well, point. Well, and also, so we have another story that uh, – the Kristallnacht was on November 9th in 1938, and um, there was it was the 82nd anniversary of Kristallnacht. It's a beautiful picture there. It is a beautiful picture, and um, the European synagogues kept their lights on to mark all night, yeah, all night um, to mark the, the uh, Kristallnacht, and uh, it's just horrible. I mean, we live relatively freely. I mean, in right. America, we have a wonderful life, and we don't have to deal with such things we never have but um there are people those uh, other jews around the world that still live in fear or um just worrying about their future right and then and also in israel news again pfizer is brought up that israel is going to pay billions for the potential pfizer covid19 so that's wonderful for the israelis that they also will get the opportunity to get that pfizer shot i guarantee you they're they're pushing they must be making them now I mean, you'd have to be making. Well, them they're right also now. getting ready in the in the Cincinnati Inquirer. They talked right. about how they're getting ready with refrigeration storage units because right. the Pfizer and the Moderna have to be kept cold. It's like a hundred degrees below. Is it a hundred degrees below? Uh, zero I don't know what the number is. They, they, it was on the report the other night. I yeah, so those two have like to be kept degrees, cold, yeah. and those will be given, of course, to first responders first. But then the Janssen one does not have to be kept cold. The Janssen one is one inoculation, and the Pfizer and Moderna are both at least two. So, um, and so then is it a shot? You know, they, yeah, they have those, um, those, uh, in, is it, in, it's an injection. It's shot, yeah. Well, not a shot, but I mean, but the, uh, the, it's like a gun with a, with the injection and that it goes into your arm. Um, if they could just line people up and just boom, 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 instead of using a needle, they would just, you know, they'd give you those uh, shots like that. Yeah, and you're all lined up, and then one guy passes out, and then the rest you just pass out. <laughs> From the- well, I've always felt, see, I just got a, I got a flu shot right before I left. Yeah. And uh, I was just there. I was there at, like, I forget, I was at CVS, the, the Target, uh, and I was just there. It was like a Did really, they make you sit there for a minute just to make sure you're okay? It was yeah. like an off time. Yeah. And I just walked in. I said, what's going on? You know, I, I know the pharmacist, so I just, you know, say hello to him and talk to him. And I said, you know, how's this to get a flu? So he said, right now, let's just do it. Yeah. And so I found that if you put your arm on the ledge and you l- relax your arm, really just let it 
hang and relax it, and they, you don't feel it. Right, and then you move your arm around a lot, too, afterwards. Well, you're spo- yeah, yeah, just to massage it a little bit. Yeah, but get everything I, moving. I, if, if, you're, if your arm is, like, really rigid, it hurts. Yeah. Because you're all tense. You're all up. tense, you're yeah. All tense up, but if you, like, let it just kind of hang and let, give them the, sh- it's, 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 you don't even feel it. Right. You know, so when you're getting your flu shot, just relax and just, you know. Get those, flu shot, get those flu shots early. Yes, get them now. Get, get your flu shot now. So what I understand is that there's been some bad bad news on that people are afraid to take the flu shot. and Because and they think they'll get COVID from getting the flu shot? They think they'll get all kinds of problems, and there's been some oh. issues within various communities of getting paperwork saying don't take the flu shot, oh. blah, 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 don't take the COVID shot. So actually one of our senators just oh. volunteered to take the COVID. He's also taking it at the same place where I took the test he's signed Rob up. Portman. Yeah, so he signed up to um, test it, which I think is a very good thing to show to people that if he's going to take it. And I think, you know, anyone who is in okay. a position like that is very good to do that for the community. Okay. So uh, Israeli agents assassinated al-Qaeda's number two um, in Iran. And I told you when you started talking about this article that there is a great Netflix Oh, right, right, a right. A great right. Netflix series called Tehran, and it's uh, a female Mossad agent is in Tehran, and she is, tr- I'm not going to ruin the story, but right. she's she's trying to do What's something. What's going on and stuff. Right. And, and, and what it's, she's doing. It's a short series. I'd say it's probably nine, nine, okay. nine, nine uh, uh, episodes. episodes. Okay. And it's excellent, and it's, a, you know, it's the female in charge, and she's the one doing the, the chopping. And Does the, she get into, like, any kind of dicey situation? Oh, a lot of them. It's, oh, really? It's very good. It's ha- very, and does she, she gets out of them, obviously. Obviously. Because okay. she's the okay. star. But it's a good show, and actually I read some reviews of it, and in Israel... Every time a, a different episode came out, it also happened that there was something going on in Tehran. So it was very, mm-hmm. it was very good for them to get the press on that. So this guy is uh, Abdullah Ahmed Abdullah. His nom, that's his nom, nom de, nom, nom de guerre as Muhammad al al Masri. But what's interesting to me is that. They have Mossad agents in Iran right now. We're everywhere. I know. And it's it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, and I was talking to you before. It's like, like what if they found somebody out that there was a Mossad agent? Well, they would torture them. They would probably torture oh, them. Oh, torture them? Yes. And we'd well, nev- you saw we would the never spy. Know. We'd never know. Oh, no. They it. would let you know that they would They would let you know they tortured you. Remember what they did to that? The, they captured someone in Syria that wasn't Jewish. He was another um, Muslim. And they tortured him and they put it on video and they let oh, you know. I remember oh. when they, they downed the Syrian pilots. Yeah, that's and they the. They burned them. Remember, alive. they put them in cages and, and burn burned them alive. Yeah, so they would but, let you know that they were torturing oh so that they would give you lessons on what they would do if you get caught. So, no, I don't think it's they horrible. would hold back on any of that. Well, uh, this week is, uh, it, it's, we really have some horrible stuff we have to discuss once in a while, don't we? Yeah. Um, so we have the auto guide this week, and we want to shout out to uh, all the uh, advertisers in the auto guide. We've got uh, Columbia Genesis, uh, Mercedes-Benz of Westchester, maybe Mercedes-Benz of Cincinnati, Columbia Acura, and if anybody wants to get me a car, I do like that NSX, <laughs> that uh that thing is one hot car. Uh, Joseph Toyota of Cincinnati on Coleraine. BMW of Cincinnati North, uh, which is J- also Jake Sweeney BMW. And uh, Land Rover Jaguar of Cincinnati, too, is on the back cover. So nice. We want to thank them for supporting us, and we want to support them. We want to support them also. So uh, we move on to Shea uh, Renee is the um, restaurant of the month. Restaurant, sorry, restaurant of the week, and there's a big review on that. They have kind of taken over. Um, they bought the entire buildings that were there, and they bought the buildings next to it. They've expanded Shea Renee to this really big place. I mean, it's a, it's a huge restaurant now. And you said they have outdoor dining. They have outdoor dining, With heating. Um, yeah, um, and they're getting. I think they're getting a bar, or they've applied to get the bar. Or the bar is coming soon. Um, and if you, I think. Uh, well, an announcement to make on that soon enough. So, uh, so one of the takeouts that it's going on in Chicago is you can actually take your alcohol out. You can order their fancy drinks and take it out. Is that the same? Do you I know? I think if it's the same in Cincinnati. You can I take your you drink, can do that here. your alcohol yeah. out. 
I'm not much of a drinker, so I really wouldn't <laughs> So for my health insurance, I had to, uh, so, I had, for my health insurance, I had to listen to a video. I don't right, know why. Right, right. So I picked something about drinking, and I said by the time I was finished with these six videos, I wanted to have a drink. You wanted, wanted a drink, didn't yeah. you? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, wait a minute. We need a... Um, so okay. it's interesting, when we go through, when we go to page 18 and we go to from the pages and we're talking about the bar mitzvahs, we're actually a week behind. Right, so, right, um, right. So the, the, the Parsha of the week. So right, right. I always need to go back and read the Parsha from last week in order to relate it to the bar mitzvahs coming up this week. Okay, okay. So, uh, but uh, this week it's Parsha Toldot. Toldot, And right, right, it's right. about Isaac and Jacob again. Okay, okay. But on page 18, from the pages, our very, very favorite page, there is a lot, a lot of stories that we want to get through today. So in the beginning of 1854, this is from 1854, July 14th, which is the first issue, to congregations and societies, we have repeatedly requested the officers of congregations and other associations to furnish us with historical sketches and statistics of their respective bodies. Still, we have not fully succeeded in obtaining the desired information. One congregation gave us permission to examine their books. Another society did not consider us pious enough to read <laughs> such to read such a statement. There are different shades of opinions in the world. A third, fourth, and fifth did not respond at all. Still, we are not discouraged. We repeat our request to the officers of the Congregation Association to favor us with a historical and statistical account of their respective bodies. Especially would we urge the secretaries to report to us the results of public meetings, elections, and other transactions, a faithful record of which will be valuable to posterity. Who Who will thus see how Judaism has been Planted in this Western continent, and how the pioneer society struggled, worked, and triumphed. So essentially, what this he's is, asking he's for asking information. for information, and they don't want to give it to him for some reason. He wants to keep it probably to write some sort of a history, and they're probably thinking it's something nefarious or something because well, he's they very wanna, frustrated. Well, they might want to know how many people are members at a certain synagogue, and, in, and they're not telling. They're him. not telling him, and. And this also I happened can't, when I can't, he was, as the publisher of America, I cannot comment on this story at all. Well, whatsoever. the other thing is when you read back when Rabbi uh, Wise was starting all this, he was begging people to help him get organized. Right. And people it, would say, oh, yeah, I'm going <coughs> to send you money, and then they wouldn't send him money. Well, you and have he, to have information to write a newspaper, and so he's kind of like trying to get information. And they don't want to, they're not well, supporting or, him. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we ask, could you send in your weddings, your bar mitzvahs, your your all your good simchas, so we can have it, and we don't respond. The French have the French have a saying, and I think the saying is, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. 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 So then 150 years ago, it obviously the Jewish community was trying to raise money for HUC, um, and they had it at Mozart Hall, and they sold a lot of tickets, but they had it on a Friday night, so they had tickets sold, but there was a lot of empty seats. Um, so it might have been better to have it maybe on a Sunday night, Sunday Sunday night or Saturday night late. Well, that's, that's uh, Motsi Shabbos. Motsi Shabbos is after Shabbos. And uh, right now, I mean, uh, Shabbos ends at like, well, Shabbos starts on Friday at like five o'clock. So you could have something at seven now. Or five o'clock. Yeah, you could have something at seven. Well, but you'd have to end. So Shabbos ends at like six. Six. So you have to have a little, you know, havdalah, and then relax a little, a few minutes, and then get ready, and then drive. You've been relaxing all for already twenty four hours. Well, I like to, you know, I'm a big relaxer. What can I tell you? Um, um, so, so anyway, the next article is about a book called Our Prospects: A Tale of Real Life by um, M. Loth. So that's Moritz Loth. He was one of the actually the founders of HUC. He was one of the people that called the meeting together and actually organized the Union of American Hebrew Congregations. Um, this book is about um, the struggles in life. And uh, it, it, he actually was a very prolific ro- writer at that time. He wrote a lot of books. And, uh, again, as I said, he's one of the founders of HUC. Well, these back, 150, the price of the book, the paper cover was $1.25. Right, $1.25, yeah. Bound in cloth, $1.75. That's not cheap. 
I mean, I don't know what the number, that would probably be, what, $20, $30 nowadays. Right. He wrote a lot of books. You can still get this book online. You can actually read it online. Now, there was a there was a Loth, um, like a furniture store. Wasn't there a Loth furniture store? I don't know if it would be related to him, but yeah. um, he okay. he was the one that called everyone. He sent an invitation. He was president of B'nai Yerushal. Berusham congregation. Well, that's uh, that's Wise Temple. And he sent uh, to the five congregations in Cincinnati, and he also called all the West and South and Southwest synagogues to please send a delegate to a conference, and then they organized this permanent union. At that time, it was conservative and reformed Jews, and then eventually the conservative broke off, um, and then they discussed the purpose of finding a rabbinical seminary, and this, the whole meeting was presided over by Julius Freiberg from the Freiburg families that lead down to the orthopedic surgeon okay, that's still in town. Okay, okay. Um, and the result, again, of all this was the formation of the Union of American Hebrew Congregations, which is the UAHC, the overseer of all the Reformed congregations. So, okay, yeah, great story. So we, we're skipping 125 because we want you to go to the paper and read it. And yeah, we're there's a good on, editor's note. There's on, a good one there, and there's 100 years ago. We, we're we're going to – so I think we need to have some teasers. We need to use this as, like, teasers, that people need to go to their paper and pick it up and read it. Yeah, so if you're interested in anything about the Civil War in the 125 so we, years – a lot of fascinating stuff um, that was in the paper. Yeah, yeah, so you can read our editor's note about the Civil War and what was going on and the soldier that we had, Nathan Levy, from yeah, Cincinnati. Very interesting. So 75 years ago, Victor Borga, a pianist and a humorist, and his 27-member orchestra would be heard in Music Hall on the night of Wednesday, November 28th. The attraction is sponsored by Cincinnati Amusement Management – and uh, so Victor Borga was uh, the American stage name of Borg Rosenbaum, born to an Ashkenazic Jewish family in Copenhagen, Denmark in 1909. He escaped Europe at the beginning of the German occupation of Denmark and rose to fame as a humorist and a musician on the radio stage and television. So thanks to Carol Hershenson for filling that was, us that's in That's really that. interesting, yeah. Yeah. Um, 50 years ago. 50 years ago, we have Mr. and Mrs. Lester Horowitz. Well, you uh, forgot the top one. Oh, Dr. Alfred Gottschalk was elected the sixth president of Hebrew Union College, That's Jewish Institute of Religion, by the Board of Governors in session in Cincinnati, and the appointment was effective in on June 1st, 1972. And then I was probably at this bar, bat mitzvah, so Mr. and Mrs. Burton Perlman, and he, I think he... He was a he was a judge. He was a judge, Judge Perlman. Yeah, <laughs> uh, thirty four uh, Walnut Avenue announced the forthcoming bat mitzvah, bas mitzvah of their daughter Elizabeth Marion, Saturday, November twenty eighth at ten thirty at Rockdale Temple Ridge Road. I was probably at that bat mitzvah because she was in my Hebrew, my uh, my religious school class. Okay. And I remember that. You remember the bat mitzvah? I don't remember the bat mitzvah, but I do remember that uh, Elizabeth. I remember her uh, Elizabeth Perlman. Yeah. Where is she now? Do you know where she lives now? I don't know. I don't know. She was really nice. Very nice. And then um, Mr. and Mrs. Lester V. Horowitz of 2680 Cedar Brook Drive announced the forthcoming bar mitzvah of their son, Reed Bryan, Saturday, November 21st at 9 a.m. at Golf Manor Synagogue, 6442 Stover. So the funny thing is a couple weeks ago, right. I actually was perusing old issues of the Israelite, and I saw this, and I sent this to Reed Horowitz, right, right. Uh, whose email I happen to have because someone who lives in my home actually knows this person as well. Okay, okay. So um, I... <laughs> Well, you're racking them up here. I think you owe me like fifty. You owe like Sadaka fifty dollars already. So I gave Reed a call, and the first thing I said is, "Reed, you know, Mazel Tov. It's the fiftieth anniversary <laughs> of your bar mitzvah. You're you're obviously sixty three. So he says to me, "Oh no, no, I'm not sixty three yet." I said, "Reed, you're sixty three. <laughs> November twenty one. Wait, you he will said. Be. He said, "Oh wait, I turned sixty three last week. So we already have a problem. He forgot that he was sixty three last week. So. Well, that's, I think that's like a senior moment." <laughs> 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 anyway, he does. He has a, a very strong memory of his bar mitzvah. He said that um, his he grew up uh, in Golf Manor, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that the the Golf Manor synagogue was the neighborhood synagogue. Oh, that was a, that was like a, a place. To, well, that was Rabbi Indich. That was right, like Rabbi Indich was his rabbi. Yes, and he said that um, his parents both had grown up in sort of an Orthodox community, and so this was just following through with him on being in an Orthodox shul at Golf Manor. And he said he he remembers his 
his uh, Haftor much more than he remembers the Parsha. And the Parsha at that time was Chaya Sarah, which is about Sarah getting older and her burial and everything. But his Parsha was about King David getting old. He said, uh-huh. and he said to me, now imagine I'm a teenage boy and I'm reading the uh, Haftorah and the Haftorah is talking about how King David is cold. And they oh, bring right, him right, in. Right. That's I, Haftorah, right, right. Yeah, right, they bring right. him in Abishag, the young Shunammite, um, right, right, who is supposed maiden, to be a right. young maiden, a right, virgin, right, and right, they bring right. her in and David's not interested in her. Right. And he's got a whole harem around him and King David is not interested in uh, Reed said it's sort of like it's, you know, he said it kind of goes back to like, gee, it's good to be king. But at the same time, it just showed how old King David was and that everyone after that was trying to vie for the position of king. Um, he doesn't remember what he spoke about as far as his Devar Torah, <laughs> but he remembers that afterwards there was a kiddush at the synagogue and oh. then they went to um, Kentucky to the lookout in Kentucky. Lookout House. Yeah, Lookout House, which that was, was a, a big place. A well, supper that, club. Like, yeah, right, that and the uh, Beverly Hills. The Lookout House and the Beverly Hills were big, big places. So, you know, there. not being from here, I yeah. wasn't quite right, sure what right. it And this is the second time I've heard about the Lookout right, House because right. if you remember last week when I talked about. Um, I wasn't Car- here last week. Right. Well, right. I, I talked about you. said you listened <laughs> to the podcast. Well, I talked to Carol, um, who is now Carol Newman. And oh, Larry oh, right. Newman. So they had a date at the lookout house when they were getting ready to get engaged. And so this is the second time I've heard about it. And I wasn't quite sure. So he explained to me what what, what a uh, yeah. what what it is. Sup- well, they oh, what a supper have, club. Like, they they would, show they, or right, something. They have shows and stuff. Yeah, like John Davidson and Glenn Campbell and you know. So he said it was a pretty big deal. They also all his friends were also invited to the supper club at, there as well. Um, he said he got his suit. Huh? At um, Steinberg's? N- no, he, he he didn't get his Steinberg. He said they were more of a gentry shop family. He said gentry. His, yeah, his parents were gentry. So it, interestingly, he also told me a little bit about his grandparents. So his uh, one of his grandfathers, his mother's father, was actually an Orthodox rabbi, and he had been born in Russia, and he uh-huh. had been um, he had been commuted into the Tsar's army. Uh-huh. So, but then he later became a rabbi, and then his other grandfather was a pharmacist, and he had a pharmacy downtown Cincinnati. Huh. And today there is a restaurant in that pharmacy, still using the same. What's the name of it? the The restaurant is Goose and Elder. I've heard the name. Yeah. So, and it's one of the oh, Salazar. Over the, is it over, over the, the Rhine? Rhine. It's one okay, of the Salabar- okay, Salazar's. Okay. 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 So, and as everyone else told us, you know, the worst part, of course, was the nerves, and the best tar- part was, you know, getting it over with and some of the accolades. And he also knew he didn't have to go to Hebrew school after this because once your bar mitzvah was over, <laughs> it's done. Um, in the meantime, his takeaway was that this is something that your family was expecting, and certainly his family expected. It was a rite of passage, sure. and he expected to go through it, and he wanted to be able to do it and make himself and his family feel good. Um, it provided him with a lifelong familiarity with the Jewish service liturgy, and um, he, right, he, right. he certainly enjoyed it, and he has so very good feelings. Now he's an attorney. He's an attorney. He went to UC College and then to UC Law School. He's an attorney in Washington, D.C., um, he is in the consumer protection area, okay. and he actually worked for Richard Cordray, and okay. off, he's he's worked on antitrust laws. He's been um, a federal prosecutor huh. um, okay. for antitrust, and then he also, for a little bit, he was in private practice, okay. and um, he said that uh, he knew your brother, Michael, Michael. of blessed yeah. memory, right. and um, he also, as a young boy, was a member of AZA, and uh, and we actually went to his children's bar mitzvah, so, and his wife is also in D.C. as an attorney. She was a magistrate in the Department of Justice. Her name is Robin Stutman. So that, you know, it's really nice to get these stories, right, especially the, people. Like an update 50 years right, later. 50, yeah, and as, I got to tell you that the Larry and Carol Newman post that we put on social media got close to a thousand hits really a thousand hits on larry well, and he Carol looks Newman. the same yeah he looks as nice. she, she looks, looks pretty much the same too yeah. she's yeah it's she's it was a, a nice, very very nice lady. they are they're the most nice, wonderful nice, yeah, really are, sweet yeah. kind couple and so yeah. is i gotta tell you reed and robin horowitz sweet salt of the earth wonderful people and, and we're very lucky to have them um working in dc for our benefit and making sure things go well there <laughs> In the meantime, you well, also well, have a friend down here. Gene Mesh is the chairman of the Wise Temple's Israel Bond Dinner, and it was announced by Robert L. Ostreicher, president of the congregation, 25, 50 years ago. And both of them are still involved. They're still, still around, yeah. Um, now, 25 years ago. Right. This is big. This yes, is big. it was the passing of Jacques 
Dr. Dr. Jacob Rader Marcus, the father of the American Jewish history, and um, he died on November 14th at the age of 99. Um, And now we, of course, have the Jacob Rader Marcus um, American Jewish Archives, archives yes. at, at HUC, and that's yes. run by Doctor. Started it all, right? It's run by Doctor Gary Zola, right? And uh, and below that is Doctor and Mrs. Harvey Harris announced the engagement of their daughter Allison to Michael Stephen Gordon. And I did try and contact them. I a lot right, of, right. And again, this is supposed to be an amazingly sweet and wonderful couple. I know I have met them because Allison. Harris Gordon is very involved in Ride Cincinnati, and Ride Cincinnati okay. started because Dr. Harris, after the passing of his wife, Marlene Harris, in 2005, at the age of 61 from breast cancer, started with a bunch of friends just having a so ride he, to raise okay, money. Okay, so Her- Harvey is a bike rider. Right, he's the okay. dentist and the bike okay. rider. Okay. He, with a okay. bunch of his friends, started to organize a ride, riding, and from okay. there, taken off. thousands of people participate so, and okay, raise and money ride. for breast cancer awareness okay. in Cincinnati. So I have a bike. I you know I, I ride my bike once. I you know I need I miss riding my bike a lot. We need to I need to start doing. That I again. think this year it was probably a virtual ride. Um, no, you can go out to like no, the no, Loveland. Oh right, no. this 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 whole yeah. thing right. But you can go out to the Loveland bike show, and they've expanded. It's all you know. It's down. I think by, you go up to Columbus with it on that level. Oh, bike. and it's all the way down uh, through. I when I go to Remke Markets in Hyde Park, the Wasson Way thing is all along there. You can. It's it's all over the place now. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. So um, from a tragedy came something really wonderful to help breast cancer research, and we thank the Harrises. Also, um, also twenty five years ago, we've got three native sons of the tri state who have made it in comedy <laughs> will be featured in My Son the Comedian. Benefit performance sponsored by the Jewish Community Center on Sunday, December 24, at Rockdale Temple, beginning at 8 p.m. The three comedians are Bobby Tessel, born and raised in Cincinnati, Steve Califf, originally from Columbus, and Hugh Fink, a native of Indianapolis. So were you there? Do you know if you... I I might have been there. Yeah, we usually go away around that time, so I probably was gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then 10 years ago, actually... Um, there's an, a number of good articles in here and memories that we'd love you to go back and look at. There is one about um, when Mercy Hospital had uh, Leanne Liska, um, and she actually went over, she came from UC, went back to UC, went down to Georgia, and I believe she's at Vanderbilt University. Huh. Um, there was another Wise Temple. They are doing a tremendous amount of social action even 10 years ago, and we know way before that. And then um, last week, the Holocaust survivor, Werner Koppel, spoke and right. of blessed memory. Right. Okay. So. Do we uh, dare mention Jews in the news? Um, there's a lot of interesting well, people. Well, why don't we tell people to go read the Jews in the news? Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff. And uh, <laughs> please go read it. That's on page 19. So, and that is brought to you by another columnist. We, we uh, don't write that Jews in the news. That is actually bro- uh, brought Nate by Bloom. Nate Bloom. Right. And he sends those in. Right, right. So we have a number of deaths this week. And uh, so with a sad heart, we need to announce uh, Rana, uh, formerly Pomerantz Swartz, uh, age 84, November 16th. And uh, then her husband. her husband, within a couple hours, actually the day before. So he died first. On Uh, November 15th. He died November 15th. Ronald Swartz, uh, age 88, died on November 15th. And then Rana Swartz died the next day on November 16th. That's just so... So very very hard on the family. Yes, yes. Um, and then Louis Margolis um, passed away. That is the father of Craig Margolis, who is the Montgomery City Councilman, and his wife, Julie Shapiro. It's his father, and he passed away at 98 on November 15th. And we forgot to mention Hugo Eichelberger died last week, too. So he's not yes. listed here, but he did pass away, and we want to— he was a longtime member of the, uh, the staff of the American Israelite. Wow, wow. Yeah. yeah. And then Calvin, he will be missed. And then Calvin Kaplan, who is the father of Barry Kaplan and Ann Willow Kaplan, he also passed away. And you said you just recently ran into him at the. So I was dropping off uh, Jewish uh, calendars. Uh, We we got the Jewish calendars printed this year, Um, and um, I was there. Was I don't know. It was during the week, and I was taking them a stack of calendars to give out to the residents. And I walked in. And I'm going to the front desk to talk to the lady to, you know, get them passed. And there's Barry Kaplan. Hey, Barry, how you doing? <laughs> you know, and he said, oh, I'm, I'm visiting my father. I was like, I didn't know your father was here. He said, yeah, Calvin Kaplan. Yeah, and so now is. he just passed away a couple, like a week ago. So that's sad. 
And then in national news, again, we mentioned this earlier from right. Dr. Jordan Finken's um, column, but David Schneer, the beloved professor of Jewish studies, died at only 48. He had a brain cancer. Oh. And uh, not only was he a professor of Jewish studies and Yiddish, he was a poetry writer, he was a singer. He had brought back to life a um, musician by the name of Joel Dati, his music. Okay. And, um, and, and he was an anti-fascist, and this all of a sudden took... A big turn um, because he and another person by the name of Julia Eisenberg began singing his war- his songs. And um, but uh, Mensch comes up a lot um, when they talk about David Schneer, and I know he will be really missed in the Yiddish and Jewish studies uh, departments. He was at the University of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Well, and also a major rabbi in America died, Rabbi David Feinstein. Uh, who is a renowned Jewish legal authority, died at 91. Um, it doesn't say what he passed away from. No, but he was one of the most prominent Orthodox rabbis in America, and if people had questions about, you know, what do we do, how do we do, they would go to him, and he is the son of Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, who was like the preeminent legal uh, authority in America. And, and he was uh, born in Russia, Yeah. now Belarus. But they were famous rabbis, I mean... Um, um, if you had a halakhic question and you wanted to know what to do, that's who you went to. Yeah. And so that, and it still filters up. If you know, in, uh, in the Torah, um, the, the court system was all set up through Moses. Um, God said, this is how you set it up. You decide all the important stuff. Let other people decide the minor stuff. And there's a major question that would filter up to you, and then you would decide that. It's kind of the how... It works in America with this, um, with Rabbi, the Feinsteins. So. so may their memories be a blessing. May their memories be for a blessing. Um, so we get to our favorite part of the program. Uh-huh. And we need to say that um, the views expressed are just the opinion of Babs Brooke <laughs> and, and Ted Deutsch. And they are not the expressed opinion of the American Israelite. So... A Texan visiting Israel asked a farmer, and it's a Texan, a Texan, a man from Texas. <laughs> a Texan visiting Israel asked a farmer about his farm. Well, it's 35 meters in front and almost 50 meters out back. I raise a few chickens, the Israeli says with pride. I'm a farmer too, says the Texan. On my farm, I can drive from morning until sundown and not reach the end of my property. That's a shame, says the Israeli, shaking his head. I once had a car like that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) And that comes from 101 classic Jewish jokes, Jewish humor from Groucho Marx to Jerry Seinfeld by Robert Menchin. So we wanted to, we're starting a new format, and the new format is we're just going to kind of give little teasers about what we're doing and what the paper is doing every week so that we want people to go read the paper or read it online physically, or read it online. We're just going to kind of, you know, give you the outline, and then we want you to fill in the blanks. I'll tell you the stories are getting better and better at, in the so. Israelite. Yeah, so. you've got great writers, and yeah, uh, good staff, they pick good out staff. some really good stories from JTS and JNS. Well, we, and- I want everything that JTA and JNS produce because I want everything in the paper that we do. <laughs> so we want to close out the show. Thank you for listening. Have a good week. Shavua Tov. And we will see you next week. Stay in your house from 10 to 5 if you live in, o- in Ohio. Well, it's not that bad. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk, stay to, you well, stay we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.